Hello and welcome to this episode of Free Thinking Finance, sponsored by Free2. In each episode, chartered financial planners Nick Bamford and Shelley McCarthy from Informed Choice share their views on the options when it comes to managing finance for over 55s. Please note, this podcast provides general guidance and not financial advice. Before acting upon anything raised in this podcast, you should speak to a financial advisor if anything raised in this podcast means you need advice. Free Thinking Finance is sponsored by Free2 and all opinions expressed are those of Nick and Shelley. Now, here's what you need to know about managing your money when you reach 55 and over. Nick, Shelley, take it away. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about savings and investments. I guess the whole point of saving and investing is to have money available when you need it. However, if you do need to encash some of your savings and investments, make sure you're encashing the right one at the right time. So what things do we need to consider, Shelley? So you need to take into account tax charges, for example. We've touched on in the previous subjects, um, pension plans. You know, you can take 25% of that tax-free. But if you take more than that as a, as a lump sum, there will be tax consequences and you will be taxed at your highest marginal rate. The tax is not the be-all and end-all. And, and I keep getting this saying wrong and everybody's taking the mickey out of me um, about tax dogs and investment tails or something like that. <laughs> how does it go nick it goes don't let the tax tail wag the investment dog shelly <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the clarification um there are all sorts of other investments that you may have as well so with a, with an isa for example any income generated from an isa is tax-free and any growth and, and withdrawals in the future is tax-free. But you can't reuse that ISA allowance. So you have £20,000 that you can put in each year. And if you withdraw that and don't repay it in the in the same tax year, if it's a flexible ISA, um, you cannot remake up that, that allowance. You will be restricted to £20,000 a year going back into that, that ISA going forward. I think one of the other things people are always asking is when is the right time to be selling your investments, whether we're talking about pensions or ISAs or other types of investments. You know, classic question, is is it a good time to cash in your investments? And I guess based on what we've been experiencing uh, this year in 2020, that question has come up quite a few times. Um, So when is the best time to cash in an investment? I think this depends on a, a huge number of things. It depends on your your plan. So what was your plan? Um, did you, do you have enough cash to cover income for X period of time? What level of income is guaranteed and actually not subject to, to things, movements on the stock market? Um, the stockbroking community has a saying that it's never wrong to take a profit. If you've been investing for a long period of time, you might well be still in profit, even if the investment markets have fallen quite sharply recently. So I think you could argue that it now could be a good time to cash in your investments, even if the markets seem to have gone down in value. We've touched on um, pensions and ISAs, but there are you know, taxable investments. So you can have what is typically uh, termed a general investment account. And you can take an income from that. You can also take capital from that. You have things like your capital gains tax allowance. You have a dividends tax allowance. 
Um, you have £1,000 of, of interest if you're a, a basic rate taxpayer that you can receive tax-free each year. So there's a number of allowances that you can use to generate money tax efficiently, even if it's a taxable investment. Um, so understanding the the implications, tax implications for all of those different investments is really important and will really help you um, structure that income. And another thing that we haven't touched on is actually inheritance tax efficiency. So for example, you may not choose to draw from your pension um, as your first port of call because typically it will be outside of your estate for inheritance tax purposes based on current rules. Um, therefore, that batting order may may well have changed. You may be deciding to take income from, from ISAs or that taxable investment that we said, because those are assets that are inside of your estate for inheritance tax planning. So when we're talking tax, there are all sorts of things that you need to be aware of. You know, you need to be looking at income tax. You need to be looking at inheritance tax. You need to be looking at capital gains tax. And you need to understand the, the interaction between those different taxes. You may also have a lifetime allowance tax charge in, in, in relation to your pensions. Um, so, so having a good plan of action as to how you're going to structure this income, how you're utilising your different tax allowances is a really important factor. I think the other thing to consider is whether cashing in savings and investments now to live the life that you want to have now is going to leave you with sufficient emergency fund uh, available just in case something goes wrong in the future. So what kind of rules do you think people might apply yep. um, to the emergency fund? Well, I think, you know, typically people will say you need to have sort of three months worth of expenditure as your emergency fund. But I think as you approach retirement, you might consider it increasing that. Um, and that's because you've got more uncertainty. You know, if you're working, typically you've got a way to make up that that emergency fund. You've got ways to top it up quite easily. Um, whereas as you're approaching retirement, though you have less chance to, to be earning money and to top that back up. And also there's there's more uncertainty because you know you can have the best plan in the world, but actually when you hit retirement and you're not working, you know, those things that you thought you might do may completely change and and um you may now be decide to to be gallivanting across the world or <laughs> whatever it may be. Um, so, you know, it's about understanding and, and it's, you, you need to cover those emergent, you know, the broken boiler, the things like that. But it's, but I think those unknowns and those unforeseens become bigger as you approach retirement. Nick, what was the last emergency that you had to spend uh, money on? Well, this is going to be incredibly boring, isn't it? Because it's actually the roof. <laughs> and you know I, whenever, I'm, whenever i'm talking about you know just in case the roof you know needs repairing I, you know you never think it's going to happen to you do you but yeah that was um i think that was the last <laughs> spend out of the emergency pot. <laughs> mine was a um new washing machine uh, again equally exciting although probably <laughs> slightly less costly uh yeah but you know it proves the point doesn't it that you know here we have two financial planners who have an emergency fund, fortunately, and the, the call on the emergency fund has been two incredibly important but boring things. <laughs> Which is what you would expect. But it's 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 really important. It's a really important part of that planning. And I think, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, interest rates are low at the moment. So should I be keeping this amount in cash? And, you know, I'm worried it's not doing anything, but it is doing something. It may not be earning you much interest, but it is there. It is accessible um, and it is providing you with that pot of money should you need it in an emergency. Uh, I'm glad we've had this um, 
talk about emergency funds because it's just come into my mind that, that emergencies tend not to be exciting. <laughs> Thank goodness. Although um, I did have a client who um, had a thatched roof. That needs more than a three-month expenditure as your emergency pot. Yeah, so uh, any people out there with thatched roofs <laughs> or looking to buy a thatched cottage, I would up that to about three years' worth of your salary. <laughs> I guess the important thing is that when we talk about retirement, we're not just talking about pension pots or state pension benefits. We are talking about the ability to bring any assets that you have it might be capable of generating income into the equation. I mean, one thing we've not touched on is some people have very successfully used buy-to-let property as part of their retirement planning to generate yep. rental income that comes in. Yep. And, um, and you know, that's that's worked very well for a, for a good number of people. Yeah, and there's, there's also, you know, selling your business, for example. You know, that's another way to generate a pot of money that can be used to, provide an income or it may be that the business is able to carry on without you but still generate an income via dividends etc so much like the other topics there's there's lots to think about when when considering your savings and investments and hopefully this has given you some food for thought and you can go and investigate and 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 understand what you have and how that might generate an income thank you for listening to this episode of free thinking finance sponsored by free Two. We hope you found the subjects covered useful and interesting. Free2 is a new free-thinking financial services brand that's dedicated to providing relevant products for over 55s. Visit us at free2.com to find out more. Please note that Free2 Limited trading as Free2 is an appointed representative of RS Consumer Finance Limited, which is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Free2 is a credit broker, not a lender, and will only offer loans from RSCF. An offer of credit is subject to status and affordability. For further information, please visit free2.com.